here, discovering the magic of the present moment. In Buddhist meditation, you do not turn yourself into a battlefield with good fighting against evil. Both sides belong to you, the good and the evil. Evil can be transformed into good and vice versa. They are completely organic things. If you look deeply at a flower, at its freshness and its beauty, you will see that there is also compost in it, made of garbage. The gardener had the skill to transform this garbage into compost, and with this compost, he made a flower grow. Flowers and garbage are both organic in nature. So looking deeply into the nature of a flower, you can see the presence of the compost and the garbage. The flower is also going to turn into garbage, but don't be afraid. You are a gardener, and you have in your hands the power to transform garbage into flowers, into fruit, into vegetables. God lovers, God lover Kyle here. Um, I just want to introduce our guest today. I'm speaking with Molly Lambert. She's a writer from Los Angeles. She's written for publications like the New York Times, the New Yorker, GQ. She's interviewed a lot of famous people. And her latest project is called Heidi World, the Heidi Fleiss story. And it's a podcast that you could listen to anywhere. And it's about Los Angeles, corruption, sex work, culture. I'm really excited to have her on today to talk about God and spirituality and things like that. Welcome to the podcast, Molly Lambert. I I was excited when you asked me also because I was like, that's a little scary to me. I know, but you don't have to be scared with me because I'm really open-minded to... No, I know. I think it just, I was like, oh, it is like, it's weird to talk about God. Let's do it. Yeah, right. exciting. Yeah. Because at first I was like, you don't want to talk to me about religion. And then I was like, maybe you do. I don't know. I was just like, you're just one of the people on my list here who were like LA people. Yeah. And super LA, obvious, honestly. Yeah. Well, let's start there. The, okay. One of the ways in which I am pretty LA is that I didn't grow up religious at all. I didn't grow up with any kind of religious framework. I was mm-hmm. totally allowed to just like make my own choices and uh my mom is a lapsed catholic okay my mom is irish catholic okay and my father is a lapsed jew like a non-religious jew Mm -hmm. um from german jews who escaped the holocaust okay so i think my parents both were kind of like they both kind of rejected religion and then were kind of like you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. we did so we did all the holidays we do like cultural things sure but i never had to go to church ever no did they introduce you to ideas or well yeah that's ever... the thing they're hippies okay. so they so they like didn't we didn't have the bible i never read the bible i never you know my brother had a bar mitzvah but like we didn't have to like go to Mm-hmm. they basically let us pick and choose and yeah. both of us were kind of like mm, seems like a lot of work <laughs> yeah know? like if you're not forced to do it yeah why would as a kid especially <laughs> and i think my mom having grown up catholic just had to do so much boring catholic stuff mm-hmm. which is like what i think is so funny about trad cath people mm-hmm. i'm like nobody would ever 
choose to be Catholic if they had had to be Catholic growing up. I kind of feel that. Yeah, I, you know, I was Catholic growing up. Right? It's just like it. It's and I feel so, Catholic still because right, of that. Right. It's like that. And that's the thing is like, even though I didn't grow up religious and like my mom, I feel like is still very Catholic in mm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I just feel like all of that got passed down to me, even though I didn't do any, like I got all the cultural Catholicism and I got all the cultural Judaism mm-hmm. without having to do any of the no like, formal things, the formal stuff. But I f- fully have like the guilt. it's like without ever going through the motions right just like the guilt on both sides of like catholic guilt and jewish Jewish guilt and like anxiety (laughs) yeah and i feel like catholicism and judaism both have this kind of like things are gonna be bad yeah that i definitely always identified with and i think also coming from a family on one side that escaped the holocaust it's like you sort of right it's sort of hard Yeah, it's like it's hard to start from a place of like the world is good. It's like you really start from a place of like, like the world is so unfair. Like what kind of God would allow? That's a really common thought. Honestly, I see that all the time and I need God comments. Yeah. And I feel like like I don't identify particularly. I mean, I guess it's like, yeah, I identify culturally as Jewish. But like Mm -hmm. the way in which I identify with Judaism as a religion is. The idea that God is just like kind of watching for fun. He's like you there. Know? Well, like the Old Testament God. Who's right. Like the Old right. Testament God who like punishes people and is sort of like evil. Ambivalent. Ambivalent, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that makes sense to me. God as like watching life on earth like a streaming show, mm-hmm. just kind of like. Like it's a hap, it's unfolding, and God's just kind of a witness. Right. And like not intervening. <laughs> right. Like a like a documentarian. Sure. Being like, well, we have to just see what happens with this thought experiment. I, <laughs> I mean, that's a very common way I feel like to con- conceptualize God. Like I can remember being a kid and thinking like this is like a snow globe or like a lizard's cage. You know what I mean? Or something like a little like seed was planted and like some scientist in the sky or something is taking notes. Yeah. I feel like that's a very kind of I can see how that lends itself. Like well, the I Jewish was, perspective is similar. And I was just talking about this, but like, so a formative experience for me was like when I was in sixth grade, we went to this place called Astro Camp in Idlewild. That's like a space camp. Mm-hmm. It's just like a science camp from the 50s, but they call oh, it like okay. a space camp. Okay. It's like your vacation Bible school. Yeah, exactly. It's like a science based. Yeah. Instead of going to Bible camp, you go to like science camp for two yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing is like, yeah, you like see the cosmos. And, yeah, you learn and, like the the philosophical or the whatever secular humanism or right and you feel like spiritual because you're in nature but you also get to learn about what we know about what it. we know about it yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to do this thing we we're supposed to do like a a hike like a star watching hike where we were gonna eat those lifesavers that spark in the dark and you know this was like Wait, the big thing i never had those you know like the white lifesavers the mm-hmm. mint ones apparently yeah. if you eat them in the dark the, mint, oh. the window greens yeah they'll make sparks in your I've mouth heard, now you're kind of jogging my memory as like a childhood and this is like folklore. how they sold us on the trip was like we're gonna go we're gonna go on this night hike and you get to chew lifesavers and make sparks and you know just like a night hike sounded exciting. Yeah. You know, you're like 12. You're yeah, like, this is yeah. like, like stoked to like. Or you're going on a trip with your class. Like just the whole thing. It's very 
for me, I was like so anxious to do that stuff. I actually went to JCC summer camp, even though I was raised Catholic. Really? Yeah. And I'm, I was just always a very like shy, very shy, shy child, like anxious, shy, hiding. So even like that, I wish I could have had more fun. Well, it's really funny because I feel like I've met a lot of Christians who had experiences where they went to the JCC and were like, it's fun at the JCC. It's more fun than at the Catholic. It was better run. And then I just think, is that like, is that just like the exoticism of like something that's not you, you know? Because my mom always tells these stories about the mm. Irish Catholic girls going to like hang out with like the Italian American boys. Oh my god! You know who are like right. the cat, like the I other mean, Catholics. Yes. And then my mom also like dated a lot of Jews, and my dad is a Jew. She is your mom Jew. from the West Coast? No, or? she's from Boston. Okay, that my makes sense. My parents are also like they're they're East Coast people who came to California. Okay. But yeah, when when I was at Astro Campus, like we were supposed to do this hike and then it was too cloudy, so we couldn't do the hike. And so they put us in this uh, lodge, this like 1950s wooden, you know, boys camp type lodge. Oh, God. And showed us Charles and Ray Eames' um, Powers of Ten. Oh, my God. Do you know what this is? Well, I know who Charles and Ray Eames are. Okay, so Charles and Ray Eames are the furniture designers. They made this short film that got showed a lot. I feel like they showed it in class but it's also like maybe they showed it on pbs or something okay but it's it's a short film it's like if you see it it ch- it changes your life oh really Because if you see it it's about how the universe is infinite okay okay so it's like it starts with uh-huh. these people having a picnic and then it just zooms out by powers of 10 oh i see and so, i think i've seen this on youtube okay yeah it's, yeah. Like, it's well it's like it just keeps going out and then eventually they tell you like they it just would keep going. Oh, okay. that, like, you know, they can't even, we <laughs> don't know. There's no more that we Well, could... it's just that it's infinite, you right, know? Right. And then, and then they go all the way back in. Right. And they go from the cosmos back all the way in to the picnic, and then they go into the person's well, body. Smaller, so you're getting scale. Small, yeah, and then you're being like, why do, why does the inside of a person's body look so much like the cosmos? For sure. As um, above, so below. And you're 12 and like you're... Sure, you know, you're like mind blown. Like hitting puberty at the same oh my time. God. Like yeah. your whole body is just like overwhelmed with like ideas and feelings and yeah. thoughts. And, yeah. um, that affected you. It really affected me because that was when I was like the universe, like, you know, like not to mention Annie Hall, but like the part in Annie mm. Hall where the kid is like the universe is expanding. Like I was just like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what? And we're in nature. I know. We're out, what like, is in... happening? But I think that kind of like that, because it also blew my mind, you know? Yeah. I was like, that's awesome that we don't know. Yeah. I was like, first I was like, where is the end of the universe? And then I was like, it's so cool that even the smartest people in the universe have no idea. Absolutely. What's out there beyond a certain point. Like, Yeah. That's so cool. Or even what's right in front of their faces, honestly. It's like we don't know. We can only sense what we sense. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So that was like, I think just that idea. It's like, obviously, although I was never raised with like a traditional idea of God, it's like the idea of God as like the things beyond human comprehension. Right. Exactly. And and especially of nature as this kind of. Yes. And kind of. I'm going back to to what you said before about like, how could God be doing this to all of us? How is the world so bad? I really always try to reframe it like the world is actually so beautiful, so vibrant. 
so exuberant, so joyful, like the way a leaf blooms or like that's what I consider the world. And then I think like, you know, we having free will would do what we want, what we, even we, you know, people having free will will do what they please. That doesn't necessarily, to me, mean like God did that. I don't know. Well, yeah, I I just, I went to this Werner Herzog signing at Skylight because I love Werner Herzog and like, Mm. Like someone told me once that they they described me is that my my philosophy was like optimistic nihilism. Okay. And I feel like I, I could relate like a little bit. That's like the Herzog. One of the reasons I love Herzog is because so many of his movies are about people trying to go against nature and losing. Yeah. You know, it's yes. like people like humans like coming up against human schadenfreude you know just the schadenfreude of a human being like i'm going to i'm smarter than nature sure i am right. stronger than nature i'm gonna outwit nature and the survivor nature, yeah, right. play out last. And, like, nature always wins and so Hooray. i think it's also like i have a very i put humans very low right right decenter the human yeah i'm really into that yeah i think yeah. it's like if you think of of consciousness and 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 spirit soul yeah and just like of like civilization as consisting of like not just human beings it's like human beings are obviously sort of like a parasitic yeah they're you all- know and so I'm always like rooting for the animals. Sure. Rooting for nature and I feel like you know we are at this point where it's like humans have destroyed earth <laughs> right but it's like earth will be okay i yes like i'm sort of there too it's like earth is forever you know people aren't right like i'm sort like that's why i love things like the tarkovsky movie stalker too where it's just like i honestly thought that was really interesting in la too during the pandemic it was like when humans receded Mm-hmm. The animals came out so hard, right. like especially in Griffith Park, it was like pretty immediate that when the golf courses closed, the golf courses were filled with like coyotes well, and deer coming down from mm-hmm. the hills because it's like, yeah, that's their. That's where they're from. They live there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Those are. I remember reading the there are news headlines, you know, about the the Earth is getting reclaimed, trying to give people that it's optimism. It's just like it gets reclaimed so fast, and so I think right. it's like if you're not that concerned about what happens to humans, which I personally am not, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I yeah. think it's like, and again, like the things it's hard to be in this. It's hard. Cause... Well, I think the things I do, you know, like I'm one of those people who's like Jesus seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, totally. I like, you know, he's like Kurt Cobain. It's like it's more the fandom that's annoying. Right. Yes, exactly. I kind of wanted to talk to you about fandom and stuff if you wanted. Sure. Yeah. Um, But so just one more thing about, I guess, growing up and like how you were informed spiritually. So since your parents were like, you said, kind of like hippie dippy types, did you have get any like new age? Well, that's what I was going to say. So like the thing that I got into instead was Zen Buddhism. Okay. Um, And that was completely because my parents had like that type of stuff around. They had like roomy, they had, you know, be mm-hmm. here now. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. a lot of Alan Watts books. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So, you know, and just, yeah, like, like Eastern spirituality, the Tibetan book of living and dying. Mm-hmm. These are like the books that were in my house that I, I was see. like, I'm going to like, I would like page open through. them up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so it's, that's interesting. So you 
have a really kind of open-minded well I think it's like I identified immediately with that because Mm. I was like wait there's like a religion that is not about sort of like the afterlife right in any way and it's just about sort of like literally about being here presence yeah present and like mindfulness and I got really back into it during COVID because things were so bad I yeah exactly I mean I, I need God got more fall like as soon as covid happened people I feel do like... need god i think i mean yes I, I do think like i very much believe that because of covid that like when we are coming back out now it mm-hmm. is kind of like an age of aquarius situation sure like... where everyone's just like reconsidering everything yeah you know? and yeah. like being... bigger picture bigger picture a lot of people i know are also like you know hitting certain age milestones too where they might be thinking about those things anyway but it's Mm -hmm. like i think covid took control away from everyone in this way you know right that when now people are back out they're like i can make all different choices that's nice i think it is nice i mean i think it could i think it's a potential well i think a lot of people are scared by not knowing what's going to happen i mean yeah and that's also what i really like felt strongly that like buddhism you know zen buddhism could like offer that mm. other religions didn't was this idea of like it's it's good not to know like not knowing yeah can be like a like knowing you a don't know saying yeah if you know you don't know <laughs> right yeah then then you kind of it's like a surrender or an acknowledgement at least that you're not in control. Right, like there are bigger t- forces at play. Any time in my life I've ever been like, I'm f- I'm figuring it out. I've got it figured out. Like I immediately... <laughs> it falls away. Get like kicked in the brain yeah. by life, you know? Yeah. So I feel like... That's life, I think. Just yeah. like very repetitive. I, I, think it, I think it is repetitive. And I think it's like if you get it, if you a- approach it with that kind of like Groundhog Day mentality of like it really is like each day... You get to just try again each day. Yes. And you get shown, sometimes you get shown like, okay, I'm kicked in the butt. Like, this isn't your path or like, you weren't meant to do this or like, go back, like reconsider what you just did. And I do feel personally, just there's this like, is this bigger force that's always nudging us to kind of just like, be more aligned with our true self. But like, yes, I think that's the thing too, is it's like. I feel very strongly where I'm like, I don't know, just like, I'm like, I know who I am now. Like, your post Saturn return. Yeah. And just, I think I've always kind of like known who I was in a way that Mm. maybe was like, what's your sun sign? Well, I'm a double Virgo. Okay. But I don't identify with Virgo at all because I'm not like an, like an, like a neat person. Sure. That's the thing is like, I've always rejected astrology also because. I think because I'm from California and everybody's into it, so I'm kind of like, it's like I have a kind of a I have a working a... knowledge, but it's not it's not for it, me. Yeah, like don't bring it. I too don't close. do that. I don't do crystals. I don't do that side of the new age stuff. It's just the language to me. It kind of reveals the archetypal reality to things and how the power of language, like when you learn a new knowledge or a language, how sense is made, and I'm so interested in how it makes sense, and it kind of makes me think about yeah like archetypes and um i guess like one topic i mean since you are a pop culture writer i didn't really introduce you but I'll pro- i could make one in the beginning sure like, no, since you are I a mean... pop culture writer super interested in culture 
and you know in communications and like ideas about mass media and stuff like that I'm am as well like a lot like I'm so addicted I think what's interesting about astrology that's also interesting about pop culture is like I do love Jungian archetypes yeah me too and I think that's like I think the reason I just was like I don't want to be a Virgo is because it's like they're boring right it's like sure the, they're dry they're like monica on friends they love to just like <laughs> clean and like well, be organized or whatever no no and, you're a virgo and, moon and a virgo sun you said yeah, i'm but, a virgo moon i'm a sagittarius rising i'm a sagittarius rising and then i told I'm one a friend, leo sun i mean know. it's never it's never just one piece like but it is it's like, a, it's a, it's an intuitive practice that you look at a full chart of somebody and then you start trying to align what you see with the way they feel about themselves already. Well, I also had this math teacher in high school who was an astrologer, and I thought that was so interesting because I was like, he's a mathematician, but he's into astrology from the math side, kind of, with like charts and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of... And he once, like, he got mad at me. I, like, a little bit, like, led a a coup inside the classroom over something I oh my we goodness like a revolution with. yeah and and then when he read my chart he like read our charts when he oh. had our little meetings with us at oh the end my of god the- i mean it's not that weird that a math teacher would be into it because only like like astronomy itself as a practice was not separate from astrology for right. thousands of years oh that's so interesting i think like copernicus knew astrology that's so interesting because to know the stars to like to like do astronomy astrology was so help is such a helpful tool because telling a story really makes sense of what's happening yeah and i think the parallel maybe even to like popular culture is that we have these figures we call stars and they're aligning in different ways and we're storytelling through them and that's how i always saw it i like that you said that i want to say also i got really into at one point into alchemy and how sort of alchemy and chemistry it was the same thing Mm -hmm. where it was like they were completely just one, one thing and then at a certain point alchemy became right debunked a little bit but also it's like yeah Side so lined. much of chemistry comes from people who were trying to make gold out of stuff you know yeah yeah um something i wanted to bring up before when you were talking about science camp is that i went to see jurassic park yesterday alone and they well, said well that's the ultimate like don't fuck with nature movie right kind that's, of it's the ultimate like you cannot outwit like this is to me it's more like we're worshiping science like this is pop culture science and like this is how we worship it and it's like not real and they said quote paleontology is science science is truth and there is truth in these rocks and it's like preaching kind of the truth of science when it's like this depiction of dinosaurs is in no way truthful that's so funny (laughs) it's like this is so reject false god yeah so like we as i feel like we as i don't Embrace know these, americans the raptor your new your raptor god <laughs> yeah it's like uh we no, have I to mean, realize science is kind of religious i completely agree. you know and, and i like, do try think to take it with a great assault for sure and that <laughs> is like when i because i like did not at all intend to be a pop culture writer it just sort of ended no. up being what i was doing but i always was sort of like because I don't know, I was like, I don't want anyone to think I'm like saying anything about these people that are real people as though I know them. Right. I'm like, it's like astrology. I'm like interpreting star images right. completely. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, it's it's really interesting like to be a celebrity um, because it's your real image and your real self. And then 
whatever well, I, signs you attach to yourself I'm as so like obsessed. the mask of it. I'm really obsessed with the way that this has trickled down to social media. Yeah, to everybody. To everybody. And yeah. how everybody is now like a representation. Yes. Like a, I was just talking about this. Like an avatar of yourself. Yeah, we could represent ourselves now. Right, but it's like it's not you, you know? Because right. I feel like... Right, like, it's, it's not you. And you must have this because you, you operate a meme account. Sure. And I honestly think meme accounts function the way that like an influencer account. Yeah, an influencer like a rock star or Without something. The where face. people are like the fact that you don't have a face makes you like kind of all powerful. And I love some might say godlike. <laughs> some might say godlike. I was just podcasting with Ani Tentensia the other day, and she said that she took all her images off her social media because it freaked her out for a second that just because she's a hot girl, she felt this pressure to like always present herself and become, you know, the digital avatar of herself. And she doesn't want to give that many people access to herself anymore. But it does seem like such a pressure to do so. And then grappling with the reality that it is you to an extent. Yeah, I've been going through this also because I spent pretty much my whole internet life being like, I'm just a brain. I'm not a body or a face. And I I guess I made peace with it. Mm-hmm. Again, during COVID, I was just like, wait, I do want to be a body and a face. Like, I want to oh be out. Gosh. You know, like, started, like... Accepting that. Well, I also just, like, I started hiking a lot. I got really into... Okay. I think I was, like, always, like, an indoor kid in this way where I was, like, I'm bad at sports, so, like, I won't try. Same. You know? My thing is, like, I'm five foot two, so, like... Mm. I was like really into sports in elementary school. And then again, like as soon as puberty hit, it was like everybody got tall and big. Oh, and you and just I never got it. tall. And they were like, you can do gymnastics. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And then like I finally was like, oh, it feels great to use your body. Yeah. Like I knew that from other things, obviously. But like, it's like good for mental health. To do it. Yeah. I think that was the biggest, the funniest reveal. Was yeah. Being like, oh, it turns out the cheapest mental health plan is to like, go for a little hike every day. I brought this book. Okay. That is uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, You Are Here. Okay. He's a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, and he just passed away recently, but he wrote like a hundred million books about mindfulness and Uh, meditation, and I got really into them during COVID because I was like really needed. I was really like searching. Right, for God. I was going to say, do you think there's a necessity for God? I think during COVID, it, there was. Because I think but everybody... not before. No, I mean, I think before. I, I think... No, I mean, for you personally, I guess. For me personally, I think I had never like... Just like a lot of things were happening in my life that made mm. me be like, mm-hmm. I can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. I need like some sort of guidance. And mm-hmm. like trying to deal with all this stuff by myself is like not good, you know? yeah. And, like, I I also got into, like, organizing in L.A. in the last few years, and that has also felt like it provided the kind of, like, community that I always wanted of people Mm. that really care about what happens to, like, you know, of, like, the actual Christ-like stuff of, like, taking care. Doing the work. Taking care of, like, the the people that the city wants to To to, kill. kill, Yeah. You know? And, like, not in a martyrly way in, right. in a way that in a way doesn't of, for service in a, for service right and, and honestly very service like, oriented and even though like i think because i didn't grow up catholic also i always was like liked the aesthetics mm. of catholicism mm-hmm. 
and especially in LA, it's like there's so much like oh, it's awesome. Mexican Catholic, like Virgin Mary imagery. Yeah. And I always loved all that stuff again because it didn't in any way strike fear into me. Yeah. Or like it just didn't it didn't ping me the way that like it would someone who actually grew up Catholic. I was just sure. like, oh, it's beautiful because it is. It is. But like when I was in junior high or high school, I forget, we had to do like community service and I did a lot of community service at um, a soup kitchen in Van Nuys that was all staffed by nuns. Oh, fun. And I loved the nuns. Yeah. Because I was like, because they were just like doing the work, you know? I I was like, it felt, and it also, I was like, they're doing something that I can like, like soup kitchens obviously are a complex issue, but it's like, just at that time, I thought the nuns were so cool because I was like, the idea of someone who's just like a, like a, you know, servant of God in that way. Yeah, try, the devotion. Trying to make the world better yeah. in a way that isn't about like, living calmly and peacefully right, and doing and, good deeds, literally. Yeah, like and and not like in a way to in try a, and claim credit. No, in a very you know? communal way where and, you're like. You're always below God. And it was also just like, that was like one of the first times I feel like I was like, just like, like my parents would just drop me off there, you know, and I would just be Mm -hmm. there all day. And And you just volunteer there. Yeah. And I just remember being like, I feel really like safe and like the nuns, the nuns are like, (laughs) it's a pleasant place to be. And the fact that it was like in Van Nuys, sort of like, you know, you know, just a really working class area. Mm. I just, um. That's the way in which I feel Irish Catholic is like Uh sometimes I do feel very Irish Catholic. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a little bit in touch with the Irish Catholic part of myself recently that wants to like never go to therapy and just like push everything down. Oh my God. Yeah. Which I didn't know I had because I've only ever related to the Jewish side. That's like we talk about everything. We talk about our feelings. We're so talkative. All the time. If we have a feeling, we can't not express it. Uh And then it turns out sometimes if I have feelings, I'm just like. Actually, no, you have deep repression at the same time. I do. I do didn't think of myself as a repressed person but then Mm -hmm. i was like maybe i definitely am i'm italian catholic though right i think i was just like maybe it does like like compared to other people but who knows you just yeah i think it's like just realizing also yeah that you don't really know yourself fully ever right that there's always like more yeah to learn yeah i know it just doesn't end yeah so i think i also like (laughs) like the onion and shrek or something (laughs) I think if I had any like feelings of cringe about, you know, spirituality before, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, at this point, it's like I'm less fully, like, who cares? Over the last, that's cool. You kind of had a little bit of a turn over COVID and gotten more in touch with thinking about your spirituality. And it led you to this book, which we didn't really talk about, I guess, but you brought it, just brought up. I, there's a guy selling books off a truck, which also I felt was kind of fortuitous. Mm-hmm. And then. This was one of the books and I just like picked it up and started reading it. And yeah, I've read a lot of like Zen Buddhist books. I've read a lot of Alan Watts, but I had never read Thich Nhat Hanh. And he's written just like all of his books basically say the same thing, which mm-hmm. is like it's about. But I think it's like also like my parents, because they're hippies, like they would always be like, you should meditate. And I could never... I could never do it. Same. Like, my mind is too much. Because I need my to mind is too antsy. Take my phone into my I hand. I can't sit down. And so, this was like this book. And I just wrote an essay about this. Actually, I have an essay coming out for the Philosophical Research Society in LA, which you should oh. check out because you would love it if you. Cool. It's, it's about, it's all esoteric spirituality and 
Got to write it down. They started a journal. So they asked me if I wanted to write something about like cottagecore. And I ended up writing this essay about like aesthetics and mindfulness Uh and social media and like trying to grapple with social media addiction. And like, yeah, can you use social media in a way that like is, if not mindful, at least not compulsive? Like, yeah, I think like, like talking about internet use and about internet addiction. So this all kind of like came together with me reading this book because Mm. uh, what he talks about in it that blew my mind is walking meditation, which is the idea that there's a type of meditation you can do that you can meditate basically when you're doing anything where you get absorbed in doing the thing Mm -hmm. instead of in your thoughts. Mm. And so there's like, you can meditate while you're washing dishes because you have to wash your dishes. Nobody wants to do it. And then as you're doing it, it's like... You get into the zone. You get I've in the been zone, there. right? And so it's about sort of approaching like all everything like that of just mm-hmm. like, you know, approach it slowly. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, don't think about the past. <laughs> don't think about the future. What's in front of you right now? How do you feel right now? Mm-hmm. You know... And I just, I was, you know, losing my mind a little bit from being cooped up so much. And so the idea of like walking meditation, because it was like, yeah, I had noticed. The hot girl walk. The hot girl walk. The rich mom walk. The rich mom walk. But it's like, that's kind of what my essay is about, is is about how there's a type of aesthetics influencer Mm -hmm. whose thing is sort of about mindfulness, Mm. except the fact that they're documenting it at every moment. Mm -hmm. Almost makes it out of the moment. Not in the moment. Right. And that. (laughs) I was going through this thing of being like, there are things about that kind of content that I do relate to or the idea of like romanticizing your life in a way where like, you know, it's okay to go get your little coffee and like go for your little walk. And and also just like, (laughs) yeah, like I've been freelance for a long time at this point. Mm -hmm. And like when I went freelance, I suddenly had all this unstructured. I mean, I always had unstructured time, but I was always sitting in front of a computer all day. Mm hmm. And so then I was like, I don't have to sit in front of a computer all day and I don't want to. I like yeah. really don't want to. Yeah. But I will if I don't force myself to like do something else. And sort of like getting into doing things that were like unproductive but good for me. Yes. Um, and so this book really like did change my life because cool. it was like the idea that I could meditate and walk instead of because the whole instead problem, of just sitting still the whole problem for me was the sitting still and and the listeners need to hear this the listeners need to hear I mean it really it changed my life I I mean I, cool. I because it made me realize I was like it's true it's like if I go for a walk even it, if I'm thinking even if I have this like garbage brain at the beginning by the end it's like I cannot hold a negative thought in my head and look at it like a bird at the same time. Thank you guys for listening to our free half hour episode with Molly Lambert. Um, If you want to listen to the rest of the conversation, the full episode is available at our Patreon at patreon.com slash I need God. When you pledge at the $5 tier or above, you'll unlock this episode and the rest of our episodes and you'll get access to our discord server where we share God memes and chat and stuff like that. So yeah, if you want to listen to the rest, patreon.com slash I need God. And um, now we just want to do a little prayer for those who've joined us at our angel tier and above. So if you will, please close your eyes and join us in praying for Allison White, Carson Reeves, Colin G, Gavin, HGSH, 
Jenna, Sarah, Kylie Gurley, Rachel Nunley, Tori Folk, and Tyler Hill. Lord, hear our prayer.